Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brefney Early and you are listening to episode 75 of the show. As we reach three quarters of a century in terms of the number of episodes. Today's show is a current affair and I will be chatting to Councillor Thomas Mulligan, a recently re-elected member of Leitrim County Council from the town of Mohol. Before we hear from Thomas though, I want to bring you up to speed on a few things which have been going on around the show. Leitrim Daily is no longer just a simple podcast. Our website leitrimdaily.com has grown to include an events page, a jobs notice board and there are some excellent features coming up in the next couple of weeks so keep your eyes tuned to our website. Having significantly surpassed my ambitions of getting about a thousand listeners a day we've gone way beyond that and it's also gone from being a very time-consuming hobby to a fledgling business based here in the heart of the county. We've moved into new office space in the Hive in Carrick and Shannon just last week. We've hired two new part-time staff members, one on air in the shape of Orla McNabola and one behind the scenes as an editor on the show. And we have agreed our first commercial partnerships last week with local businesses with many, many more in the pipeline. We're committed to having our podcast episodes and all our online services free to all the users and the listeners at all times. That being said, anyone who might be interested in supporting the show and the Leitrim Daily community with a commercial partnership, please don't hesitate to contact me on our social medias or by email at info at In the meantime, I would really appreciate if you would check out the website, particularly our event guide, and let us know of any events, regardless of their size, happening in your area that aren't yet on our list. We're looking to include everything happening in the county, which might be of interest to the wider Leitrim population, and we need your local knowledge to make sure we don't miss anything. As always, give us a shout on any of our social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's all just Leitrim Daily. And our email, of course, is info at leitrimdaily.com. Just a reminder that we are looking ahead 25 days to our 100th show, which falls just a few days ahead of the county final. It's also World Mental Health Week, and we've decided to pull all of those things together, our 100th show, the county final, and World Mental Health Week, to put on one event to try and bring everything together. So on the 8th of October in the Glen Centre in Manor Hamilton, we will be inviting you to join us for the live recording of a very special episode of the show. We'll be featuring both teams in the county final, chatting to great characters from both clubs, celebrating the 25th anniversary of the historic 1994 Connacht Championship win and taking a look at both of the sides in the championship final at senior and intermediate level with our ultimate preview show. Tickets to the event will be €10 plus a booking fee, and thanks to the support of the Glen Centre, the entire ticket price will go to North West Stop. We would love to create a very special night and have you with us in the venue on the night. Your tickets are now available on theglencentre.com, so get them. I am confident this event will sell out. So if you think your team is going to be in the county final or you just have an interest in following the club championships, you absolutely need to be in Manor Hamilton on the 8th of October. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. Anyway, let's get on with the show. I sat down with Councillor Thomas Mulligan earlier this week to discuss what he's been up to since his re-election to the council. 
Thomas, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here and uh, thank you for inviting me. No problem at all. We're here in Mohol in your home and we're going to have a look at some of the work that you're doing around the area in your role as a councillor and I suppose in other community roles around the county as well and around the, the town in particular. Let's start off with a bit of a chat about yourself and your own background as a county councillor. Obviously, newly elected in terms of not having been in the previous council, but you're no stranger to the council chamber in County Leitrim. No, I am not indeed. Um, I had the privilege of being first elected here back in the mid-80s, 1985. I was in my 20s at that time, and against the odds, I took a seat on that occasion and was successful in uh, six local elections from then until uh, 2014 when I lost my seat. As you mentioned, uh, just this year I stood for election again. I I regained that seat and I have to say I was absolutely thrilled and delighted that people put their confidence in me once more. People go for election every five years and some win, some lose. People who haven't had a seat before get in. People who have had a seat are out. What does a councillor do in that five years when they don't have a mandate per se, they don't have access to the council chamber, but you don't just switch off from being involved in community projects, I presume? No, far from it indeed. It was certainly a shock for me to have not been re-elected in 2014, but nonetheless, I was so much involved in uh, community here that there is absolutely no way I could have just walked away from it anyway, even if, even had I wanted to. No, I was quite happy to stick in at the local work that I was involved in. I remember saying at that time there was about uh, 15 committees that I was on at that time and that I was going to have to now reduce them down significantly and I was hoping to reduce that down to five or maybe even less. But indeed, that never happened. <laughs> it never happened. I went a short way towards towards achieving that, but no, I, I still remained on, involved in everything that was going on here. My spare time was involved totally in, in community community work and community activities in the area in general, and particularly around the world. Yeah. Do public representatives really get spare time? <laughs> No, I think that I think that I could uh, answer that one on behalf of everybody. No, there isn't such a thing as spare time for local representatives. I want to start uh, by asking you to tell me a little bit about the Muhl Community Network because I know you're very involved in that particular group around the town. Yes, I am indeed. Um, that was a group that I, I I put in a huge effort into. It 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 was uh, maybe I should mention very quickly how that group came into being, and it was. Um, Unfortunately, it was following a, a tragic event when uh, young Philly McGuinness, a local footballer, died as a result of an incident at a game. Just in the following week, we experienced an outflow of goodwill towards Mohol with the crowds that attended at his house, uh, the crowds that attended at the funeral, and just that, that's, that goodwill that was shown from all over the country, and particularly people who were originally from the area who came back that week. And we, we just felt afterwards that uh, we needed to do something to capitalise on that wave of goodwill that we felt was out there towards Mole. That's what actually brought about the first meeting of Mole Community Network. They started out with uh, the objective of setting out to improve the appearance of the town. Automatically then the role of tidy towns 
fell into their remit. There was tremendous work done done in those years, and we uh, we enjoyed huge success, both uh, particularly at local level. The com- the competitions that the county counts, Flower Pride is one that comes to mind. We won that on several occasions in those years. We um, increased our, our, our points in the National Tidy Towns Committee every year since, since we came in exist, into existence. And I think that's, a, that's a, a proud record for us. There was also um, flagship projects that we, were, we got involved with. And I think one of the most noticeable ones there would be um, over uh, last summer and uh, indeed part of this year, uh, I think everybody has noticed how the appearance of the town has improved uh, aesthetically. Um, we 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 brought we got involved with applying for funding to carry out to carry out uh, work, which was initially intended that it would uh, tackle the problem of derelict buildings. Uh, but it actually broadened out an awful lot from there. Instead of just spending the money on. Uh, buildings that would have been regarded as derelict or maybe had there was nobody uh, no, no longer living here uh, that owned these buildings it wasn't only them we decided to make better use of them than that we asked people to um, to support this project by coming out by having their own painted their own premises painted we did something to help that in through purchasing paint as 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 a group, and uh, it turned out extremely successful. So not only did we get all the derelict buildings tidied up and painted, but most most people uh, in and around the town did did uh, their own, uh, particularly commercial premises and indeed private houses. So it's been uh, it's been a great success, and I think it's very noticeable to the public as they're passing through how well how well the street looks there at the moment. Maybe another flagship project that I would like to mention would be um, what we call our linear walk on the Drummond Road. This was a project we started working on about six years ago. I, I, I had a, a, a niece uh, who was a student in, of architecture and I got herself and two friends to come down here one bank holiday weekend uh, to survey the site of the of the linear uh, park walk, and to uh, design uh, design that project, which they did. It took a little while to get um, funding in place, but we were we were we were successful in that. Uh, initially, it was intended that it would be leader money, county council money, plus uh, matching funds from ourselves. Um, the the council then. Um, Coming towards the end of a particular year, they had they had uh, funds uh, that they needed to get spent before uh, the end of November, and uh, they started uh, they started work there on the site. But unfortunately, while it was great to see them starting the work, it meant that we couldn't get the leader money, which was the main uh, which were were to be the main funders of the project, and. Um, Unfortunately, we had to start again then by, by uh, reapplying for funding. We had um, an announcement only in the last week that we were to uh, acquire uh, CLOR funding to complete that project. So the whole way, people will load from, as you go out the Drummond Road, the whole way from the town 
right out to what is known as uh, leomelasis. And it, what it will do, it will be an off-road uh, path with some um, aesthetic amenities along the way. And when you reach Ellis's then, uh, it, you can turn left or right and have a, 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 a nice walk which will take you back to Mohol no matter which way you go. One of them being about five kilometres, the other one being about two kilometres. But opens up two beautiful walks and uh, certainly it would be a great benefit, great benefit to the town. The walkway on the Drummond Road will also be... be um, We'll also have public lighting, so that that will open it up for the wintertime people walking as well. So it's 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 probably the two flag flagship projects of Mohol Community Network. But I was delighted to be associated with that, and and uh, I'm 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 really grateful to all the members for their their time there on on Saturday mornings. They're vol- out there voluntary, and indeed Tuesday evenings over the summer. So well done to everybody. You know, it's great to see communities coming together to benefit everybody in the community and uh, they sound like fantastic projects particularly the walkway we all see in Carrick and Shannon how how used and utilised that walkway out the Castle Carrow Road and back in by the hospital and down Summer Hill has become every night of the week there's people out walking along that route you can look at the success of the Blue Way from Leitrim Village to, to Drumshambo as well has really opened up that whole part of the, the community from a, a tourist town now I'm not saying that people are going to come to walk uh, as a tourist attraction on a walkway just a loop walk around the town but it does create that opportunity for people locally to get out and about particularly on those dark winter nights as you said so the the lighting is a key part of that indeed indeed now you mentioned we a number of times through that you better tell us who else is involved in that community network group before you fall out with people oh well there's a large group involved i i'd be afraid to start mentioning names in case i'd omit anybody you know but um there was a, there's quite a large group involved there, and uh, they just give so uh, give their time uh, so willingly. It's it was just exceptional the effort they put in over the years. So, I, I think without mentioning names, they all they all know who who I'm talking about. They're very visible on Saturday mornings out doing their bit, and uh, they'd be delighted indeed to see new 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 people join them join them as well. There's there's uh, plenty of work to be done. And uh, if anybody has an hour or two hours on a Saturday morning, they would be delighted if they come out and join them. So where do they normally meet or what's the, the plan for that? They normally meet uh, up at the community gardens, which is up uh, behind the church. And it's, it's actually a spot that a lot of people would not be aware of. Even people in Mohol are not aware of this. But we have one of the most beautiful community gardens up there, which has been developed over the past four or five years and uh, I would urge people just go just go up there and walk in it's open to the public that's the idea of it they can become involved in taking care of it there's uh, they're growing vegetables there they're growing um, they have a beautiful orchard there but it's just a lovely place to go in and relax and sit down and and uh, see wildlife at its very best but there is some people in Mohul who would not still know that that exists but I would I would urge them to 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 take a take a take a half an hour uh, someday. Just walk up there and walk in. Feel free to walk in. That's what I say. It's for the community, by the community, and it's an absolute fabulous facility. So that's where the group uh, meet on a Saturday morning at ten o'clock. 
Excellent. Let's move on and talk about another event that's coming up next month in the town. Of course, we had the agricultural show here a couple of weeks ago. We featured that on the, the station. But also, this time, it's a, it's a slightly different twist to it. It's the Mughal Horse Fair. Yes. It's the 11th year of it? Yes, the 11th year, yeah. yeah. I suppose maybe I should say, uh, historically, Mughal had a great name for fairs, going back right right through down the genera- throughout the generations. And particularly uh, the, the the four big fairs that were held each year. You had the, the Monaghan Day, which was well known right throughout Ireland. And there's even people still alive that would remember as young people coming maybe with their fathers or grandfathers to attend Monaghan Day Fair in Mould. That was in February. There was another one in October, uh, another one in December, another one on the 8th of May. They were the four big ones, but obviously there was monthly fairs as well, which were smaller events. But anyway, we decided that because they were so important to the economy of, of towns, and particularly here to this town, that um, it was worth it was worth remembering them in some way. So we decided maybe it would be very worthwhile to um, have a go at putting putting the fair back in place and see see what people think. You know, I, I suppose in this day and age, when you start about talking about bringing horses onto the onto the streets, uh, uh, you know, it's it's something that mightn't be just acceptable to everybody. But we said, well, listen, we're going to have a try at it and see how it goes, and. It absolutely just took off. Uh, I think the vast majority of people welcome it uh, openly, look forward to the day. It's one of the days that is really looked forward to. It contributed substantially economically here around the town. It's actually one of the busiest days, days of the year for, for businesses in the town. So it's, uh, it's, um, it has become, it has gathered momentum. And at this stage, I don't think you could stop it now at this stage. In terms of the practicalities of the day, where are the events based or where's the, the centre yeah, of it? They, the horses are restricted to two streets, which are cut off to traffic on that day. So we, uh, we have to appreciate the cooperation of the Gardaí in doing that and, of course, the County Council. And we also, uh, we also have a great facility here, which is the Mart and the huge grounds that they have around it. So for parking and all that, that, that comes very much into use. What we call Water Street and Castle Street are the two streets where the horses take place. But it's still an area where people can walk through casually, you know, and, and it's, um, they, they get the full feeling of a fair. It's not an excuse. It's not a, a pretend fair in any way. This is a real fair where there is business being done. Uh, deals been transacted, and uh, it's um, as I always remember um, uh, the first one we had, um, Dolly Reynolds, that uh, everyone knows well in, in Mohol. She described it as a mini balanced low. Well, that's what it is. It's a mini balanced low with all the the color and flavor of of uh, of a great fair day. And it's uh, I'm delighted that you gave that you, that you brought it up indeed because. Uh, um, it comes up on the last uh, it's the bank holiday weekend in October which is running into Halloween so it's a great weekend for kids and everything and we'll have all the usual attractions uh, we have all the usual attractions for both adults kids there'll be something for everybody at it and it's free that's the big thing about it it's 
Everybody loves free. Everybody loves free. <laughs> well, listen, even just to come down and soak up the atmosphere, um, maybe have a bite to eat or a, a drink or two around town for the day, come down and look at the horses, if you don't fancy actually buying one. And if you don't fancy buying one, make sure you bring the trailer or a good saddle, right? Indeed, indeed. We'll talk about something else that's caught my attention in recent weeks in the town, probably even we- recent months at this stage, is the launch of Smart Green Muckle. There was a lot of coverage about this maybe two months ago when it first um, appeared and I think I saw lots of reports online and in the newspapers about it. Can you explain to me and to our listeners what Smart Green Muckle actually is? Well, I'll do the best I can. Smart Green Mohal is an an initiative. An opportunity is being offered to businesses here in Mohal. They look at at, uh, ways in which they can conserve energy. Things like like, uh, maybe solar panels, something of that nature, whether it's simply um, insulating buildings better or businesses better or whatever. It's all about energy, um, um, making, making sure that uh, we we that we can even generate energy ourselves here to be used in the town, or at least to conserve the energy that's already there and make sure that it's not 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 wasted and that um, a, a more efficient use is made of it. Now that's fairly broad. It co- that can cover that can cover everything from private houses to to commercial premises to the larger businesses, even things like, um, like um, you know, the county council. You know, it has the library here. It has buildings like that. You have, you have, even the even the mart. We're looking at a possibility of doing something up at the at the cattle mart in the town, with regard to generating some some uh, electricity up there. So there's there's opportunities for every for every business in the town to get involved. And there will be financial support to achieve that, which won't be available in every town. So that's, you know, uh, now there is a committee in place and part of the committee's responsibility will be to ensure that um, people who haven't come to meetings to know what's happening, that they that they that they are informed and uh, as, as to what advantages it can bring about to them. And of course, um, also we have the the um, the whole IT area. You know, creating a hot desk in in the enterprise centre. People can, can if their if their own broadband isn't good enough, that they have something here in town where they can go in and utilise fast broadband stuff like that. That's all. That's all involved in this, and um, it's great. It's great to it's great to see it, and I compliment John Mannion, who is the manager in the uh, enterprise centre. He's very much involved with this, and he he's basically he's basically our 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 CEO on it. So um, anybody, if they if they're more than welcome to come to meetings, and if they want to call in and have a chat with John Mannion, if they have some idea. Or if there is, particularly if they were going to carry, I had intended to carry out some work, maybe updating the premises or something like that. Come in and talk to them, uh, and there will be an opportunity for you to benefit from this scheme, which will be advantageous to you financially down the road. So, as well as quality advice in terms of maybe materials and ideas and concepts, there will be financial supports there, oh, possibly. Yes. yes, oh, there will be. There will be. Yes. Excellent. Something else that struck me during the week was the launch of a new book 
which revolves around Muhal in the 20s. Now, I'm not talking about the 2020s, I'm talking about the 1920s, and it's the murder of Dr. Muldoon. And it's a very famous story, I suppose, the clue is in the title. Dr. Muldoon, who was based in Muhal, was killed in the early 1920s, and there's a whole saga around it that involves the local priest and involves a whole lot of other local people. How aware are people in Mughal of the story of Dr Muldoon? I think the, I think the, the middle-aged to older people are very familiar with this, but obviously uh, people, you know, uh, 35 and under uh, would were not aware of this on, until, um, until this book came on stream. Um, now, uh, as you know, there was uh, RTE did a documentary f- pretty recently on this as well, which which um, it's the catalyst ener- for the book. Energi- well, it was, of course. Yeah, yeah. and this yeah. is a radio documentary, the RTE series documentaries on one. Yes, I uh, did the series. Yes, indeed. Yeah, no, the the middle aged people and older people, I think, are all familiar with this with this uh, story. Now, there was all the, the I suppose the the, the most um, well, for the want of a better word, the most interesting element of it was all the the unfinished ends to it. You know, uh, people people knew the the gist of what happened, and obviously, it was most unfortunate that a young man, a young professional man, that was contributing um, here in the town in 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 a, in a huge way was murdered in such a way. Um, but it was it was the times that were in it, I suppose, and it was it was. Um, can you it tell, was difficult for everybody. Can you explain? Because a lot of our listeners are of that under thirty-five age yeah, bracket. Yeah. Can you just give us the nuts and bolts quickly of of what happened? I suppose first of all, it was in uh, in the time of the civil war, and extraordinary and shocking things were done at at not only at a local level but right right throughout the country. Hadi Muldoon was his name. He was born just outside of uh, of Mohul, down in the Foxfield area. He married, and um, he actually went to work in Wales, and um, um, he was married before he went to Wales, and when he came back, he had some of his children were born in Wales, and uh, he came to live in Coolabon House. People locally will know it as Tina Slavin's B&B. That's the house where he lived. On the night in question, he um, he had been up in the, the parochial house playing cards with... with um, a Canon Masterson and uh, his his neighbour and friend uh, Michael Geelan. and um, uh, when they were finished the cards they walked down the main street from the very top to almost to the bottom of it and people will know the spot as where Baxter supermarket originated the old Baxter shop that's where he was when he was actually shot just outside of there across the road from that uh, at that time, we had the old courthouse on the other corner, and it was a, a building with with um, pillars standing about fifteen feet high, four pillars, and apparently the the um, the people who who set out to 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 get them were hidden behind those pillars, and uh, the the just the shot him when he was just across the street from them was pretty close range, and he died he died instantly. And um, I suppose that's the, that's what the what the book will go a long way to try and explain to people how 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 this came about, what was the reason for it, 
uh, I don't think I could really get into it now what the reason for it but I did uh, uh, when people get the book down they'll be able to 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 determine for themselves or decide for themselves whether the book is the right is the correct version or maybe some other story you know nobody is saying that 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 this is absolute correct or or that it's wrong or anything like that they're given the facts as they've they have found it and i think it's pretty clear pretty clear the motives uh for carrying out that murder and um such a great pity such a great pity that that it happened indeed in fact um I'm a, I'm a far out relative of 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 uh, the Muldoon family. My mother here was related to the Muldoons, and um, I remember actually Thomas William, who was a nephew of the doctor. I remember Thomas William very very well. I knew him knew him very well, and also his sister, the late Rita, who is uh, used to come in here and and. Uh, uh, as they say, Kaylee with my mother when I was a child, when she was a, a tremendous character, she was she was an absolute uh, fun person, and even as a small child, I could appreciate her ability to to amuse and entertain people. But uh, sadly, anyway, it's a, it's a very sad it's a very sad bit of history here in Mohol. Should not have happened, but uh, that's life. That's I suppose life. a murder. Nowadays in Leitrim is quite rare, but back then in the whole country, a murder was so rare, and for someone of such yeah. stature, to to see their demise in such a way, Indeed. and then to see members of the clergy dragged into the rumours, sure, or, sure. or um, and I think it's it's worth checking out if people haven't had a chance. Indeed. The book is uh, the murder of Doctor Muldoon, and uh, look forward to. I've got a copy, a signed copy, and I'm looking forward to getting stuck into it in the coming days ahead. We're running out of time here, so I'm gonna jump straight ahead. And I want to just have a chat with you. Obviously, you're Fine Gael councillor here in County Leitrim. We were shocked a couple of weeks ago by the withdrawal of Jerry Reynolds from the Fine Gael ticket for the upcoming general election. Um, we've now, in the constituency, been hit with a second withdrawal from that ticket in that Sinead Maguire has withdrawn. Now, she's Sligo-based, a councillor in Sligo, and has pulled out of that. What's going on with Fine Gael in the county at the moment? Well, I I don't really know. To be honest, it came as a surprise to me no, no more than the the withdrawal of Jerry uh, Jerry Reynolds back uh, some weeks ago. Um, it's it's the second time we've been through this now in a very short period. Um, I I don't really know what the what the background to it is. I know there was uh, some dissatisfaction among councillors in Sligo. Ah, problem about the AGM. It's it's no point in me getting into it here. It's local politics, really, and and uh, I I I think it may be a, a contributory factor to her withdrawal. Um, uh, she was a she's a very very capable person with strong Leitrim connections, and I I would have thought she was an excellent candidate. I certainly regret that this has happened. Uh, now, what is going to happen now? I don't know. I, I, uh, back when Jerry withdrew, uh, the party decided they weren't going to run a convention. They decided that they would interview potential candidates, and uh, as a result of those interviews, that they would recommend uh, recommend one of them. And that did happen. And as you know, uh, Frank Fian uh, was was the person who was um, who is now uh, our candidate here in this area. And but it would always have been understood that we would run two candidates. Um, uh, well, when I say two, uh, 
could could even be three, but at least two. One in one in in the Sligo area, one in Leitrim, and I have no doubt that there will be somebody else now selected to run in uh, the Sligo area. And I suppose the reality now is because you could you you never know now when you're going to have a general election. It could it could arrive on us very quickly. The reality is that the same thing will happen again, where they will interview prospective candidates again in the in the Sligo area and that um, headquarters will will decide on one of them now that's that's just my opinion I'm not privy to what's what's going on I believe I believe the party are meeting down in Cork uh, today in fact and tomorrow and um, it may well be it may well be something that will be discussed down there and um, but I think it's something that will be dealt with very quickly. That that it has to be dealt with very quickly. Is this a problem or an opportunity for Fine Gael in the area? It's a problem in that we we felt we had a very good candidate in Sligo. Uh, Sinead was a very capable person. She's a solicitor by profession, you know, and she was she was an ideal candidate. She had, she had great connections up in 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 the Manor Hamilton area. Uh, so she was a, she was an ideal person, and and it would be difficult enough to 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 find somebody, at short notice to to step into the breach. But uh, listen, there were several people interviewed at that time. Um, uh, I know I know uh, it was from a, a Leitrim point of view we were looking at candidates at that time. Now it has to be from a, a, a Sligo objective. Listen, there'll be there may well be people who weren't interviewed the last time now interviewed, and um, uh, listen, so be it. We have to deal with it as we find it, and uh, we could have done without it. Let's put it that way. But we we have to deal with it that, uh, with it as we find it. Looking at it from a Leitrim point of view, obviously some people would argue that Frank Feehan is a, is a Roscommon candidate in some respects. Would is there any chance of us seeing um, John McCartan or Enda McGloin yourself? Any of your county colleagues within the county eater of Flynn? It's unlikely? It's unlikely because Frank has stepped into the breach as the as the Leitrim candidate at this stage. Yes, I accept fully he is from the Boyle area in Carrick and Shannon. Uh, but as you well know, the, the Boyle area is is in, in our constituency. A lot closer to Carrick so, than Roscommon So he is quite likely to bring a pocket of votes. Uh, well, he will bring a pocket of votes, not likely at all. He will bring a pocket of votes from there, which should strengthen the chances of a Leitrim candidate. And as of this moment, he is the Leitrim candidate, and I don't see any change happening there. So... Um, no, you asked me about you named some names there. No, I don't think so. It'll come, I don't think it'll come from that group. I think it'll have to be somebody from, obviously from Sligo. Any ideas on who that might be? Uh, I wouldn't at this at this point in time. I don't know. Um, I suppose Tony McLaughlin, the sitting TD. Um, Tony uh, has been a very effective TD. Uh, he has pro- provided a very good service over the years. Um, I know he he felt himself it was time for him to to move on or to retire or whatever. Maybe maybe he will have a rethink on this now, and he could well be one of those that will be considered. But uh, other than other than Tony, you know, uh, oh, indeed uh, John Perry could well could well be. Uh, uh, again, one of those people's con- considered. I'm sure anybody who puts their name forward will be considered. Uh, but b- because headquarters choose to deal with the situation here in Leitrim at headquarters level, I expect it will be dealt with in the same manner again. 
Okay, well, listen, uh, I'm sure it'll all be revealed probably sooner rather than later, given that we all kind of expect the general election to happen at some stage, maybe later this year. Thomas Mulligan, thank you very much for joining me. I hope you enjoy uh, the weekend and everything that's come with it, including I know Mull will have a big game this weekend. Uh, they right. play Ahuillen in the replay of last year's county final, effectively. It's quarter final this year, of course. And uh, thank you so much for joining me and telling me everything that's going on well, in Mull. Thank you very much, and I was delighted to have the opportunity. And if I might just mention very, very briefly, we didn't get time to mention our very successful hotel here outside of Mull. Uh, Lochrin Castle Hotel, which is doing extremely well, and of course our 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 relatively recent develop uh, development out there was the National Rowing Centre. I'm sure you've seen it for yourself. It's 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 taken it a little while to to uh, just come into its own, but I think it's happening, and uh, with the support of Leitrim County Council, I think we'll see we'll see a considerable uh, amount of uh, extra use being made of that and further developments out there, which will be a, a huge help to Mole. And that, folks, is all we have time for today. Don't forget to get your tickets for Leitrim Daily Live on the 8th of October in the Glen Centre Manor, Hamilton. Tickets are €10 Euros plus a booking fee and all proceeds will be going towards Northwest Stop. You can get your tickets on theglencenter.com. I'll be back tomorrow with Kiss My Arts with Manor Hamilton's new author, Conor Braden, about his first book, The Longest Night. Talk to you then. <laughs>